So the title of the message this morning is, ironically, what is the source of your seed? It's a question. What is the source of your seed? Now, anytime we teach the word of God, I just want to bring it back to what we do here at Covenant Life Church. It's always important to understand our four pillars, right? We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. Amen? So I always want to bring it back to that. And one of the things the Holy Spirit pressed upon me this morning as I was preparing the message is that when you think about most people who go to school, they memorize content for the exam. The kingdom don't work that way, right? We're not retaining or trying to memorize information just for a test here and there. It's essential that you take notes. Not because you're trying to pass an exam, but because it's a way of life and it's something that's going to transform you by hearing the word of God repeatedly. And how many of y'all know that everything in this life, whether it be working out, whether it be getting good at a new language, takes repetition. So it's very important. I'm just saying, this is just, again, I got the mic. You're a captive audience. I'm going to say it. Praise God. Nobody's going to tackle me because the people who would agree with me. So with that being said, I just urge you to take notes because I want you to be able to meditate on the word of God, not just today, but every time you hear the message. Is that, is that all right? Amen. So I just want to press that upon you to do that. So here's where I'm going with that. What's the source of your seeds? So to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Here's what I want to point out. This message is largely about finding freedom. All right? How many of y'all have been enjoying your life groups? Amen? Amen. They've been awesome. We've had some funny discussions. We've had some deep discussions. Right? But the point is, is that we want you to find freedom. So as you think about this message this morning... It's about finding freedom, okay? So what's the source of your seed? So if you are taking notes, hopefully that convicted somebody, all right? Here's the purpose of the message this morning. So we're going to work on your heart. So if you want a scripture for that, Proverbs 4.23, it talks about keeping your heart with all diligence. So your heart, your seed. So we're going to work on your seed. 1 Peter 2.23, something for you to, to jot down. It talks about, we've been born from an incorruptible seed, and it lives and abides forever. So your heart, your seed. Also, your hope. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 talks about our hope, right, being poured out in the whole, by the Holy Spirit in our hearts, by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. So the very hope that we have comes from the Holy Spirit, right? So Romans 5, 5, so your hope. And then finally, your harvest. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 talks about that. And it says something very important. So again, I'm giving you the preview because at the end, this will make some sense. But Galatians 6, chapter 9 is saying that we will reap a harvest, but it also says that we can't lose heart. Amen. So we can't lose heart. It doesn't just say that you're going to reap a harvest. It says you'll reap a harvest if you don't lose heart. So again, your heart, your seed, your hope, and your harvest. Y'all with me? Your heart, your seed, your hope, and your harvest. Disclaimer, I'm not talking about the parable of the sower today. But if you want to mark, mark that down, Mark chapter 4 is a very powerful set of scriptures about sowing seed. So let's get into the word. Let's go to Genesis chapter 8, and we're going to read 
verses 21 and 22. So just let me set some context here. Again, what's the source of your seed? So basically, when the flood waters receded, right, and 150 days later, Noah sending out birds, etc. And finally, when the flood waters seceded, Noah's like, praise the Lord, I'm going to set up an altar for the Lord, and I'm going to offer burnt offering. So this is the Lord's response to Noah after the flood. This is a powerful set of scriptures. Just hang with me, okay? It says, again, finding freedom. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, so the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination, say imagination, of man's heart, say heart, is evil from his youth. So it's interesting because God's saying that our imagination of our heart is evil from our youth, saying that even though that's still true, that I'm still not going to curse the ground for man's sake. Nor will I destroy every living thing as I've done. While the earth remains, say seed, time, and harvest, okay? Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, here's where we're going with this message today, church. The principle of seed, time, and harvest have been woven in to the natural order of everything on the earth. Right? This is a principle as a believer that we really need to fully understand because everything in this lifetime and everything in the kingdom of God, and we will get practical, operates on this very principle. There's seed, there's time, and then there's a harvest. Amen? And if you think about it, we all know we've heard stuff like you reap what you sow. Who's ever heard you reap what you sow? Watch this. How many of y'all would agree that when most people say that, they're talking about something negative, though? <laughs> you notice that? Like, as kingdom-minded people, we talk about the principle of reaping and sowing, but everyone I've ever heard say it casually, right? You reap what you sow. They say it kind of like, you reap what you sow, right? As if it's a bad thing. Now, we'll get into that, but I find that interesting because that's typically how most people think. Now, notice what the words say in this set of scripture. It says, imagination of a man's heart is evil from his youth. Imagination from a man's heart is evil from his youth. Then it talks about seed. It talks about time, seed time. And then it talks about harvest. So again, the purpose of this message is for finding freedom, and it's called, what's the source? of your seed. So to really have an understanding of how that applies to your life, we have to understand these principles. All right? So we're going to go somewhere with that. So let me give you some terms based upon what the Lord spoke to Noah that is still true today. How many of y'all know that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen? Y'all agree? Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, let's break this down. We're going to save seed for last, but let's talk about imagination. See, most of the time when we think about imagination, we're thinking about some child or a kid. Use your imagination. But the word actually comes from a Greek word that basically where we get the word logic from. What is imagination? Imagination, stay with me. Imagination, they're mental images or concepts that are not present to the senses. 
I want you to think about that for a second. No pun intended. Thank you, Julie. Images and concepts that are not present to the senses. If you go to like Genesis chapter 10, it talks about the Tower of Babel, right? It basically says that the reason we have different languages is because man started imagining that they could exalt themselves above heaven, and therefore God's like, no, 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 no. Based on the concepts that man's thinking in this moment, he's getting too big for his britches. That's my translation. And therefore, we need to scatter the languages across the earth because then they can do anything they want, right? And what did God say to Noah? He said, man's imagination since the beginning of his youth is evil, all right? So imagination are images, concepts, the things we think that are not present to our senses. Are y'all following me? So that's imagination. Okay. The harvest. So we talked about a harvest in that scripture. What's a harvest? Now, this is important. A harvest is basically the results of seeds being planted. Right? And that can be good or bad. So a harvest are the results of seeds being planted. Now, understand something about a harvest. A harvest always happens after time, though. So time always happens before a harvest. You with me on that? So we got the seed, which we'll talk about in a second, which is the point of the message. We have time, and then we have a harvest, which is the result, right, of seeds that have been planted. And time is always a factor with a harvest. Harvests always happen, despite whether or not it's good or bad. That is very important. That is very important. And we'll talk about what that means for us as believers but there's always a harvest when seeds have been planted. You with me on that? Okay. So that's the harvest. So now let's get to the seeds. Because we talk a lot about seeds in, in the church. Seeds basically represent offspring, birthing of something. Think about anything in this world that came from a seed. It refers to the offspring or the birthing of something. Amen? Now, how many of y'all would agree that all seeds have a source? Y'all agree with that? Every seed has a source, right? Now, since every seed has a source, it's important to understand that a seed carries the nature of itself from the source. Whatever the source is, that's what the seed will manifest. Are you with me? The seed carries the nature of the source. It's fall. Starbucks is tired of y'all, right? Because everybody wants pumpkin. Pumpkin puree, everything. How many of y'all know that if you plant a pumpkin seed, it yields pumpkin? Is that fair? Okay. So you plant a pumpkin seed. What happens once you water the seed? We have a good crop. What happens? There's a pumpkin, right? Watermelons create what kind of seed? Watermelon seed. Are you with me? So a pumpkin seed carries with it all the DNA of a pumpkin. Y'all follow me? Okay? So whatever that source is, right, your seed is a direct product of that source. Are you with me? And guess what else is a seed? Your words are seeds. And your words have a source. Y'all follow me? Your words are seeds. And your words have a source. 
And your words are like seeds, meaning seeds have a source, words have a source. Guess what the source of your words are? What the word of God talks about and calls your heart. Your heart is a source and seeds come from your heart. And the words you speak will reflect the nature of your heart. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me, church? Now, I'm, I'm planning, again, we're setting the table, right? Because it's important for us to understand, again, know God, find freedom. I got to remind you, discover purpose and to make a difference. We all got to walk in one accord and understand that everything that we do and have in this life, if we're going to be kingdom-minded people, we have to understand that everything we say and do needs to reflect the glory of God. So we're not, oh, you know what I meant. We're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to get into words in a minute, but I need you to understand that here's the point of the message. The point of the message is that your heart is the source of your words, and your words will reflect what's in your heart. That's just a fact. That's what the Word of God said. Amen? All right, so let's dig into that. So if we go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it speaks to that. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. So we're going to massage this a bit. It says, having been born again. How many of you are born again? Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, you see that? But incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides how long? Forever, right? Now think about that. It says that if you are a born again believer, the seed inside of you, is incorruptible, meaning it can't be damaged. Remember that song we sang? Despite what you see, if your foundation is on the love of God, it doesn't matter what it looks like, right? It matters what the Word of God says it's going to be like. Amen? John chapter 1, 1. We all know that scripture, but think about it in the context of this. John 1, 1. We know it. Let's read it together. What's it say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. Let's go to the next part. And it says, he, right, was there in the beginning, essentially, right? So the bottom line is that he was in the beginning with God. When we say he was in the beginning with God, who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. Notice it said he's the word. Jesus and the word are synonymous, right? And if we're born of incorruptible seed, meaning we're born from the seed of Jesus Christ, it means we have the same DNA as Jesus Christ, which means the words that we speak need to reflect that we are children of the Most High God, despite this. Despite what we see in our natural eyes, this says that we're born of incorruptible seed. I'm talking about born-again believers. We are born of incorruptible seed. Again, so what's the source of your seed? Now, conversely, a heart filled with fear and anxiety and doubt, right, is going to speak words of death. It's going to speak out words that are seeds that are death, that don't produce anything alive. Does this make sense? And that's important for us to understand because it's not just, oh, Jesus, we love you, because the words we speak, if your heart is filled with doubting, Worry, anxiety, right? Woe is me. I should eat a worm. Cloud over my head. What's going to happen is that's going to speak out naturally. You're going to speak out 
the source. So if your heart is filled with that, then your words will directly reflect what's in your heart. Are you following me, church? Right? Again, of the four pillars, find freedom, find freedom, find freedom. I always want to remind, we're in life group season, find freedom, find freedom. So the whole point of this is to encourage, which we'll get to. But we have to acknowledge that those words, seeds of death, are very important for us to capture because we're born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Amen? All right. All right. Sounds like you're with me so far. So with that being said, let's go over to Mark chapter 5. There's a great example. Verses 35 and 36. Mark chapter 5, verses 35 and 36. Write this scripture down. Powerful scripture. Listen to this. While he was still speaking, okay, some came, and this is Jairus. Now, his daughter died, quote, unquote, and Jesus was going to go heal her, essentially, right? So Jesus is going to do this with Jairus. Now, picture this. He was still speaking. Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, talking to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, watch what Jesus did. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. I want you to take I want you to picture this. Picture yourself walking in a situation. You're trying to stand on the word of God and you got naysayers all around you saying that this faith thing don't work, right? What's the point? They're not going to be healed. They're not coming off the ventilator, right? That thing is going to, the doctor told you that. You only got six months to live. And Jesus is like, nah. Puts fingers in your ears and says, no, nah, actually, what I said was this. How many of y'all in this house today, this morning, need to be aware that there are people around you who don't have the same heart, don't have the same incorruptible seed, who are speaking these words of death over you, your circumstances, and your family when Jesus is saying, nah. This is what I said in my word, and you need to listen to what I'm saying, not what Mike and them are saying. Amen? So we have to draw a line in the sand, the proverbial saying, right? And say, am I going to choose to believe what Jesus said? Because y'all said, y'all agree with me. You said that Jesus is the same when? Yesterday, today, and when? Forever. So if we're going to find freedom, church, we have to hold each other accountable and say, all right, listen, I know what the doctor said. I know what they told me. I know what it looks like, but I'm going to make a decision which he will not force you to do. It is a decision, and it is our responsibility because he's already done it. He's seated at the right hand of God. Being seated represents authority. I want you to think about that. If he's seated at the right hand of God, that means that Jesus is like this. So if you come to him, he's not getting up and running around because he's saying it's already done. 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 So it requires us to take action and to activate that authority that we have on the inside of each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. So they're saying all this. Why are you bothering Jesus? Jesus is saying, no, she's fine. She's going to live. But he had to make the decision to receive the words Jesus spoke about his daughter. Did y'all notice that? Amen. 
Now, so here's your challenge. Here's a question. I have three points in a minute. But here's a challenge and a question for you. Can God's word prosper in your heart? Can, he pro- can it prosper in your heart, your individual heart? Can God's word prosper in your heart? Like, ask yourself that question and think about it. Can God's word prosper in your individual heart? Can it? All right? So, along those lines, because we have to, again, we talked about this in Life Group, and I think it was in this last chapter. So, if you've been in Life Group, y'all are like, yeah, I remember that. But it's not as simple as just taking something away. you got to replace it with something else. Right? We talked about this in the chapter last night. Is that it's not just removing something, it's adding something as well. So when we think about that, I got to give you the balanced view so you'll know the power of the words that you speak and where it's coming from. We got to just be real. So for example, I want you to think about this. People who say things like, you almost scared me to death. I know some of y'all said that, and I know you know people who said it. Do you notice, though, that people who say you almost scared me to death, they get startled easily? Are y'all quiet? Or somebody says, well, you know I'm a control freak. Always have to be in the driver's seat or make the decision. Is it just me or does anybody else notice that? Right? Or somebody that says I'm losing my mind. They're easily overwhelmed. Is somebody hearing me today? Some of y'all are chuckling. Can I get an amen from somebody, though? What I'm trying to say here is this. What's the source of your seed? These are not just idle words that we speak, church. They're going to bring forth whatever comes from the source. So it is very important for us to recognize that on the one hand, God is saying we've been made from incorruptible seed. On the other hand, God also said that the nature of man from his youth and the imagination of man from his youth is evil. So unless you are a born-again believer, right, he's talking about them. But if you are a born-again believer, he's saying you have access to nothing but life in your life. But he's not going to force you to declare what his word says, even though his word says Amen? Amen. So low-key, what I'm saying is, if that's you, don't say those things. (laughs) I'm trying to help you out here. Are we trying to find freedom? Don't say, well, you know I'm a, I mean, think about that confession. Like, I'm not splitting hairs, church. Right? I'm such a control freak. Well, what's going to come out of your mouth, and what are you going to do if you're such a control freak? That's just an example of thousands. Amen? Okay. Or I'm so stupid. You understand? Okay. By that same token, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Let's read what Jesus said here. Y'all know these set of scriptures. You've heard them. And listen what Jesus says about the same concept. He's talking to the Pharisees, the religious folks. He said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by what? It's fruit. And he called them brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? Why? For out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. 
And then it says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what things? Good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what? Evil things. Do y'all see that? It's simple. But I say to you that for every idle word, and that's what I wanted you to see there. For every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Do y'all see what Jesus himself said? New Testament, right? Jesus. Those words that we speak matter. Just making it plain. It brings forth either life or it brings forth death in one way or another, right? Proverbs 18, 21, death and life, right? Are in the power of what? The tongue. And it says those who love it will eat its fruit. If I'm a control freak, I'm going to be a control freak and people around me are going to be annoyed. Am I wrong? I'm just trying to make it plain, y'all. That's just, that's, that's, that's just facts, right? So watch the words you speak, right? So here's three keys. Let me give you three keys. Here's the key. So three keys to harvesting God's seed. That's what I want to call that. Three keys for harvesting not just seeds, but God's seed, all right? Number one, hope must be practiced on a daily basis. Hope, what is that? We'll talk about it. Hope must be practiced on a daily basis. I gave you a scripture earlier on purpose for this. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint. But right before that, it says that we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance character, and hope. So when you're going through something, it's saying, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Y'all heard the saying, what you see is what you get. Y'all understand the depth of that? Right? So what I'm getting at here is that it's saying that your hope must be practiced on a daily basis. What's that? Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says now that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One simple way to understand what hope is, is that hope is what we call positive imagination. Can we make it simple? Hope is positive imagination. So if we have positive imagination, what do you see yourself doing in the future? Who do you see yourself with? What are your surroundings looking like? We have to make a decision on a regular basis to imagine. We have to wake up anticipating what the day is going to be and what God has for us on a regular basis, right? So what I'm saying is that we have to make an active decision, church, as we're finding freedom to say, despite how I feel, despite what happened last night, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to glorify God, and I'm going to see my day, right? prosperous. I'm going to see my kids respectful. I'm going to see my spouse spending time. Does this all make sense? So we have to practice that hope on a daily basis and see with our positive imagination what the word of God has in store for us. Amen? Y'all with me? Amen. So hope 
We must practice that on a daily basis. Number two, changing your heart requires you to change your tactics. Changing your heart requires you to change your tactics, how you're going about things. Does that make sense? So watch this. There's a great scripture. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. Literally lay this out for us very well. Watch this. I'm going to ask you to participate. So here we go. And he said, right, Jesus, the kingdom of God is, is as if a man should scatter. Say scatter. Scatter seed on the ground. And watch this. And should sleep by night and, and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Say expectation. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle. Say examination. Because the harvest has come. Say collection. Notice what he did. It says that he scattered the seed. He has an expectation about the seed. He then examines the seed and then he collects it. Y'all see that? I'll say that again. He scatters the seed. He has an expectation about the seed. It means he could go to sleep at night knowing God is still good. He could go to sleep at night and know that you're going to make it through. He can go to sleep at night and rest upon what the word of God says about you and your family members. Y'all see that? And then he wakes up, examines the word again, and then collects the harvest. Do y'all see that? So if we're going to change our hearts, we have to examine what are we doing with the word of God? Are we fellowshipping with other believers? Are we spending time in relationship and in prayer with the Lord? Right? And then after we're doing that, are we actually examining and thinking through what he told us earlier in the day? And then when we wake up, are we able to go to sleep and say, I don't have to worry tonight because I know that the word of God says this. So I wake up with expectation, right? That what God told me yesterday, y'all see how that works? It requires us to be diligent, to stand on the word of God and change how we approach the things of God. We can't say, well, I read scripture like a test, but not process it, meditate on it, and then act upon it. We have to make a decision to say that this is what the Word of God says. I'm going to see the images of what the Word of God says. I'm going to know, despite how I feel that the Word is true, I'm going to go to sleep expecting it to be, and I'm going to wake up with the same thing. That's powerful. Now, have I arrived? No, not even close. But that's a good word. Right? But that's a good word. So we have to change our tactics. Pastor Rex says it all the time. So does other people. Y'all know the definition of insanity. If nothing's changing in our life and we're doing the same thing, right? Dot, dot, dot. Amen? Okay. So changing your heart requires you to change your tactics, what you're doing on a regular basis. Amen? All right. So this is an encouraging third point. Number three. This is the final point as I get ready to close here shortly. Expect your seed to produce a harvest. Expect your seed to produce a harvest. The scripture for you that I said earlier was Galatians chapter 6, 
verse 9. Here's what it says. It says, and this is so important, church, and I hope y'all hear this. Hear my heart in this. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Notice what it says next. It's powerful. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So we will reap, but we can't lose heart. What do you think the purpose of life groups is, church? That's one of the purposes, right? It's for us to rub elbows with fellow believers who will stand in agreement with us so that we don't lose heart. Why do we come to the house? For a lot of reasons, but one reason is that we spend time with the word in worship and praise with other believers so we don't lose heart. We all need to be speaking the same things, not only over our own lives, but on the lives of other believers and people who are dying in this world. Why? Because it says we will reap a harvest. It has to happen, but we can't lose heart. Amen? So, as I get ready to close, let me say that again. Hope must be practiced daily. Positive imagination. Right? Changing your heart requires you to change what? Tactics, right? What you do. And then finally, we have to expect your seed to produce what? A harvest. Church, we are born from an incorruptible seed. Y'all understand that? Our seed, the same DNA as Jesus Christ, no different, is incorruptible. It can't be damaged, right? The word tells us that we are one spirit with him. One. One spirit with him. Literally bound. One spirit with him. And if we're one spirit with Jesus, then that means we literally have access to all things that pertain to life and godliness. And the words that we speak are a reflection of our source, which is our heart. And the Lord has placed the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But with having that, we have to make an active decision to be in the Word of God, to fellowship with the Word of God, to fellowship with believers, to spend time in prayer. And there is no formula for that. It does not have to be, well, if I didn't read my Bible today, then see, that's where the enemy comes in and gets you to speak words he's a death. It's not about perfection, church. It's not about perfection. 